Welcome to the Walk On Mentality Podcast, where we interview CEOs, entrepreneurs, pro athletes, endurance athletes, and other professionals who at one point in their life were a walk-on and talk about how those experiences translate into the real world. What's up, everybody? This is your host, Jackson Mitchell, and we are back with another episode of the Walk On Mentality Podcast. This week, got another special guest joining us on the show, Taylor Samank, ex-Texas Tech punter, ex-NFL punter. Got a great story. Uh, I'm really excited to have him on the show. Taylor, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me on. It's, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm super excited. Awesome. Well, h- how's it going, man? How was, uh, how was your day? It's, what is it, Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday, man. Good day. Busy days are good days. So that's right. that was a busy one. I'm just finishing up, wrapping up work. So it's, uh, it's nice, especially with everything going on, obviously. I'm definitely thankful to be able to be in the office and be someone that can go to work. <laughs> no doubt, man. And it's funny, just as I asked you, what day is it? I was just thinking about the fact that literally every day feels like it's the same day. Because, you know, if you know some people are locked away in the house uh working from home it's just it's a weird time so yeah man let's uh let's get right into it i'm i'm excited for the people to hear about your story so where are you from yeah so i grew up in the mckinney area um anybody that's not familiar with mckinney it's dallas area essentially it's a small little uh city i guess about 30 minutes or so from downtown dallas um so grew up in mckinney were you a you know football is your sport for you guys tuning in did you play anything else besides football in high school or were you primarily football? Yeah, so I was, I played a bunch of different sports. It was kind of um, my grandfather. I don't know if we talked about this beforehand or not, um, but my grandfather coached for the Cowboys back in the day with uh, Tom Landry. He was a strength coach. I uh, was in the coach's strength coach hall of fame. Um, he's in the ring of honor with the Cowboys and whatnot. And um, he was always preaching to play different sports, always basically before become a better athlete as a, as a whole, right. um, not necessarily as, as one basically subject to kick, just kicking a punting or just playing receiver, which was my first overall dream um, in playing football. So I played soccer. I did, you know, I did Taekwondo. I did karate. I did, I mean, mixed martial arts. I did um, soccer, the basketball, ran track. I mean, I kind of did Dang, them all. Just, um, just a well-rounded out. guy. <laughs> So it was it was forced upon me, which I loved it. Uh, always kept me busy, which probably in a good way. It kept me out of trouble. I didn't have much time to do anything stupid. So right, right, right. So playing football up in McKinney, I know that's a Texas high school football is you know is king. So I know yeah, you know I grew up in South Lake. I know McKinney Boyd um, was one of those good high schools that had a good football team. What was your recruitment like uh, for football you, you you mentioned you played some wide out so were you trying to play wide out at the next level or you know how are you getting evaluated by schools at the next level yeah so my my story was kind of uh, weird in the recruiting process just because um, like I said my goal was to play receiver like that was my first dream that was my first idea of like this I want to make the NFL I want to be a receiver and that's what it was and so me being 150 under six foot and white really wasn't favorable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Going yeah. into recruiting prospects for these, obviously everybody wants to go D one. So most D ones aren't looking at, you know, a five, nine white guy that runs four, seven, one right. play receiver that's one fifty. Um, so it's just, 
it was one of those things where I was like, man, I'm going to figure out at least how do I get in? I know I'm going to grow. <laughs> like, I hope I knew. Right. You got to. But when that, yeah. So like, I'm like, I got to go. My dad's a bodybuilder. He was huge. I'm like, where's mine? Right. And so I was like, if I can just get somewhere and then start growing, maybe I'll work my way into it. And so it's kind of like the route. I didn't send out any film, which was probably looking back really stupid. <laughs> I didn't send any film out for kicking and punting um, at all. I was only sending out some receiver stuff, which obviously I looked even smaller in my junior year and sophomore year, which right. probably wasn't good for film. But for me, it was like, well, we'll see what happens. But um, so I get recruited to kick and punt at a school called Southern Arkansas. Um, and I, with the idea of like, maybe I'll have an opportunity to play receiver as well. And so I go out there and get to a place where training with the receivers, running routes, but they won't let me do contact. They won't let me do the actual drills. And um, actually the only thing I could do was like seven on seven. And that was about it. Mm -hmm. um, and so got to a point where like, Hey, like season's coming up. Am I actually going to be able to do this thing or not? And they're like, no, we don't want to get you hurt because if we lose you at one position, we technically lose you at three because I did kickoffs, punts, and field goals, and they didn't have anybody else on the roster to really do that right. at the time. Um, and so they'd be losing a lot of spots. And at that point, I was like, you know what? If I want to go D1, which was my goal, all these other schools are going to be saying the same thing. So I'm like, okay, I either got to commit now to either play receiver and stick it out and kind of do a, a different path or go with this kicking thing and go all in. Mm -hmm. And um, at this point, too, I, I grew about 15 pounds and I was about 6'1 um, at the time. So I started to grow. And then I was like, okay, it's, it's coming. I just got to keep growing, keep growing. And so I decided to focus on kicking and punting. And then that kind of led me, which, as you referred to earlier, Texas Tech. Went to Texas Tech as a, um, well, I guess I'll, I'll skip over this part a little bit. This is I left there after, so I played my freshman year there, which was the, one of the biggest blessings because. Didn't know how to punt in high school, mm -hmm. and they wanted me to punt. And so I had to learn over two or three months before going to school. And it, I was going to start. I was going to play, <laughs> put it on film. And so I was like, well, if this is the film I'd be using to send these colleges, I better figure out how to do it well. Right. So it actually ended up working out great just because we we weren't very good. I'll just put it that plainly. We won one game, <laughs> and we got beat pretty bad. And so with me being a punter, I got to punt like a hundred times in a season, which that's like, that reps, could be over baby. a three year career. Like that's right. insane. Exactly. Reps, reps, so, reps. Right. So it was really a huge blessing. Um, as much as it was not fun to lose, I would say we didn't really win, but it was, it was, um, from there I left after my freshman year. So played that got to, got a lot of reps and then transferred out to tech. Um, and in the meantime, cause there was about those three, I guess would be a semester, um, which I, I finished and went and make sure I didn't get behind on classes, which was kind of a huge scare because I went to Colin, um, mm -hmm. actually here back before I went over to Tech. And Colin College, which I did not know, had a basketball team in Plano, I believe, which wasn't the campus I was going to, but I had no idea that an actual sports team. Well, and obviously the NCA won't allow you to go to a 424 rules, what they call it. And so since they had a sport, I almost didn't get to go to any D1 school ever again just because of that and I only went to a semester not stay behind on classes wait so, so it was what, wait what is it? so what is the rule yeah so it's a four two four rule so it's a from a four-year to a two-year back to a four-year mm -hmm. um and obviously Colin was a two-year at the time and they had a sports team um that was a part of Colin College in the 
Plano, not where I was going to McKinney. And so they qualified it as just any sport, which what they didn't have football or anything. So it was, it was kind of a little hiccup that we had to press around. And with all that, basically I had a mandatory red shirt my first year at Tech, okay. um, which was obviously another big blessing because it got me time to grow, put on another you know, 15 pounds and then grew a little bit and then started getting fast, faster or built, growing to my body essentially. Right. And so going into basically my sophomore red shirt, I was about 185 now, almost 6'3", and a lot more athletic. So it kind of just ended up working out. And then from there, kind of went on to the career with tech, which we'll probably get into a little bit. But So not to linger on this topic, but I just want to verify. So basically, the way that, um, I guess, collegiate, collegiate athletics is set up, you're saying that if you went to this two-year university that did have a sports team, that would exercise some of your eligibility? Correct, yeah. Wow. They would let me transfer at the time that may have changed since um i've been in school mm -hmm. but when i was in school yeah, that was a huge thing with um me coming in i almost didn't get to go which was i was like this is gonna be awful if i went to Collin college for five That's classes crazy for this i'm gonna be so upset so thankfully it worked out but yeah. Uh, but yeah it was a huge scare and uh which worked out too because it made me mandatory red shirt because um, mm -hmm. i couldn't even play if i wanted to so so how did you pick tech um, you know, how did you go from Southern Arkansas, Collin County or Collin College, and then to yeah. Texas Tech? Did you have other universities you were looking at, or were you kind yeah. of zoned in on Tech? Right. Yeah. So um, I was really looking at a lot of different D1 schools, um, and it was more of I knew because I wasn't in high school. Obviously, I wasn't heavily recruited because I didn't send any film out with kicking because that's not what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But I knew that. If I had gotten into a system, I, I would work my way to a spot. I just knew. I just had to find the right someone that was coming up a little bit older, and I would take his place and kind of split time with them at his last year, mm -hmm. um, which is what I did at Tech. And so when the opportunity came with Tech, a few connections here and there, uh, they knew, and they kind of like, hey, this guy can kick, whatnot. Um, and so they brought me in. That's kind of how I got connected with Tech, and they showed the most interest. Um, and so plus it was in Texas, and it was, it was just a great school, and I went out with a visit and everything like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's just one of those opportunities like, okay, let's, let's just do it. The right fit. Uh, so exactly. So, so went out there, um, redshirt of that initial season, you said you spent some time with an older guy who's on the depth chart. So you got to learn from him, got to continue to, to work on yeah. your craft. Um, and then, yeah, let, let's just talk about the journey, man. And it's funny because, um, I had, a buddy of mine actually went to McKinney Boyd and then I knew another person from, uh, from Texas tech and both of them were like, that dude's got a boot on him. That dude can kick. So it's, it's dude, it's hilarious to me to hear you say that punting was not even your thing really until you were kind of forced to do it when you went to Southern Arkansas, cause you were going to be the kick, the all, you know, field goal kickoffs punt, you were going to do it all. So you pick that skill up very quickly. Um, and I won't, I won't steal the thunder, but I know you got some records. Um, so, yeah, man, let's, uh, let's talk about the journey. I mean, I want to hear about, you know, that time that you spent at Tech and then um, after that as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, man, you really did research. I love it. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was – Tech was one of the – like I said, it's, it was a huge um, opportunity that I was thankful for. And kind of going into Tech – um, obviously coming from the background of like, okay, I want to make a name I'm coming from in my mind, which 
I don't say this all the time, but like when it's the fun, it's a funny story. I bring it up. Um, cause I was just talking about my family the other day is when I got recruited, um, my goal was obviously to go D one, which a lot of people's is. Mm-hmm. And once I signed my letter of intent to Southern Arkansas, I was, I was happy, but at the same time too, like, you know, like your, your parents, your mom and friends, like, Hey, smile for the letter of intent. And I was, I couldn't, I was pissed. Honestly. Yeah. I was like, I, this is not where I want to be, whatnot. But obviously, obviously it turned into a huge blessing, but all that being said, once I got the tech, it was one of those things where I was like, Hey, they gave me an opportunity. I'm going to prove them right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from day one, it was, okay, I'm going to do everything I can to be now. I was the cool part about tech. If you've ever been is especially with, they have a lot of even special teams as well as individuals have history, like their records on the wall closer to the, uh, the weight room. And I would always walk by and I'd be okay. I, the first day I walked in, I saw like, okay, like, as I wanted to prove tech that basically I wanted to prove to myself as well as to tech that I made a great decision and mm-hmm. what better way to put my name on the record book. Right. And so I'd look at their, the stats they had, okay, I would go after each one of them. Um, and thankfully over my career, I was able to hit some of those and kind of make that mark of like, Hey, they, they've made a good investment. Um, and yeah. so that was kind of like my goal going forward, but the time at tech obviously was great. A lot of great people I met, um, actually, which was one of them has been on the podcast the summit. Um, great dude. Um, a lot of great people from um, there as well as, um, that I've met over the course of even into, which we'll talk about probably a little bit is, um, after I graduated tech in 2015, went into play for a couple of different teams, um, a lot of different tryouts, obviously with different teams, um, in the NFL and whatnot. And that was, that was a whole different journey itself too, which was fun. Right. No, I love, uh, man, I love the, the story about the signing day because I think, you know, any, anybody who gets an opportunity to play at the next level is aware of the blessing that that is, regardless of, you know, D3, NAIA, D1, right. D1 whatever. Like I had, um, you know, I had Stephen F. Austin and Air Force both offer wise and was grateful, super grateful for those. But like you, like I wanted what I felt like was more. Um, and that's why I pursued SMU. And so I think that, you know, regardless of having that opportunity, the fact that you're willing to say, like, no, I, I, I believe that there's more out there for me. I can play at a higher level. And really just not being satisfied with, you know, anything really. Like, you know, you could have just taken that and been like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, but you wanted more. And I think that that, like, that hunger, that striving for greatness and whatever it is that you're doing is such a great attribute. Um, so yeah. Um, but throughout college, like, did you, did you have any ups and downs? Obviously the first couple of years were, um, a little bit of an up and down, but right. did you experience anything much more than that? Or if not, you know, what were kind of the, what are kind of the big things that you think about when you think about your time at tech that really kind of left uh, a long lasting impact on you? Yeah, for sure. Great question. Um, I'll touch on the first one there first is, um, different kind of challenging moments at tech. Um, I had actually my senior year and this is kind of what really hurt me and ultimately looking back kind of hurt my career, but I can't really change it. Mm-hmm. Um, is my senior year, I got hurt and missed five games right in the meat of the season. Um, so at the time going into, I think it was game four or game four or five. I can't remember exactly. Um, it was in the Iowa state game. I'd have to look back at the schedule to see, but um, playing that game, I basically kind of tweaked almost to a point where it wasn't quite a tear where it showed up on an MRI, 
but it was my hip flexor and I couldn't obviously everything kicking and punting. Yeah. That's, that's the main thing you use. <laughs> um, and so it's kind of just crippled me into the being able to actually do my job. Um, and the funny thing is it's, it's one of those moments where like I, I could only hit 40 yards like max and it would be painful and it was getting worse. Mm-hmm. Um, which for me, like I was like, that's, that's not okay at one. It's hurting the team. And it's like, I just, I can't perform it then. I know it's going to go away, but the coach was in the game was like 40 yards and it's a hang, it's a fair catch. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that. I'm like, no, that's not the point. Like, this is not, it's going to get worse. Right. Right. Uh, but uh, no, yeah, it was, that was, that was tough, man. Cause it was, like I said, the fourth game of the season, this was the week right before we play OU, which they're ranked at the time. Mm-hmm. And we're going back to back games against some ranked teams. And this is like, this is crunch time. And up, up until this point, um, I'm actually leading the country in, um, I think it was touchbacks, average, and a couple other different stats um, for my position. Mm-hmm. And so it was go, everything was going great. And then obviously with any rewards, you have a certain amount of plays or amount of kicks that matter. Well, with mm-hmm. missing five games, this qualified me for all of those awards. The oh, season. man. Yeah, so – it was one of those. It was a. It was tough, obviously, having to come back from that. So I got to come back for the last game, which we played Texas. wasn't really full, um, but was able to finish that and then go into the bowl game and have actually one of my best games against LSU. And um, we played in the Texas Bowl, but um, but yeah, it was it was it was tough. It was man, it was a. Uh, it's heartbreaking, of course. Obviously, the senior season is you miss your senior night, you miss your senior game, and right. all of that kind of stuff is is always tough. But also, that's like your next recruiting phase, right? Like being right. a senior in high school again, but going to where you actually get paid to play. Yeah. Um, and you work all, you know, 22 years up till this point, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, especially in kicking a pun, there's only one guy per team. You don't, there's no backups. There's no whatever. You can't go in and work your way up, kind of like right. you can in college. It's like, there's only 32 guys in the world that can do it. You can be a top 40 in the world, which at the time I was, still not good enough to be at that point in time. They'll call you by week if they get hurt kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And so it with you going in and not getting drafted just because none of the teams were sure I was healthy, even though I'd go to these all the camps and whatnot and show I was, I mean, you still have the side of I mean, I get their point of like, you know what, he's just come off an injury his senior year and we're going to spend, you know, millions of dollars on this guy. It's kind of questionable. We'll wait. Right. Um, and obviously that turnover is fast and it's just, it's a, it's a crazy, I mean, you know, you all know is like the NFL process is very strenuous. It's very, particular and it's all about financing and timing and all that kind of stuff dude yeah absolutely and everything's timing um and that kind of just threw off my timing a little bit which i'm okay with i got some opportunities um and thankful for it but but yeah that was tough um going to that senior year for sure um and then also too i guess to answer your second question um unless you want to spend some time on that real quick but well i was just going to ask you you know when when you did get hurt you're out five games um, you know, I, I spoke to a previous person on the, the podcast about this and it's like, how do you, or how did you stay mentally in tune? You know, I think it's, I love that you came back stronger in a way. I mean, your bowl game was your best performance. I mean, that just speaks to resiliency and being able to come out on the other side of adversity in a better place than where you were before. Obviously it's a different um, scenario than some of the things we might face in life where you face a tough situation and come out stronger, but you were injured. Um, you had to sit out five games. You know that this is impacting how scouts are viewing you. You know that, you know that this is a big deal. It's much more than just some pain in your hip. So how did right. you stay 
how did you stay locked in, even keeled, um, and have the ability to come out on the other side and not really let it bog you down too much? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the easy thing for me, like, was – I mean, the easy answer was I didn't – I had to get back – I had to make it back for the end of the season. Otherwise, I had to leave a good taste in, let's say, NFL scouts, like, mouth, right? I had to leave a good taste in their mind of, hey, he's coming back and he's healthy and he's strong. Right. And I only had a certain amount of weeks at this point in time to do it. Like, I didn't have really a choice um, whether or not I wanted to wait till, you know, pro day. If I could come back for the end of the season and show that I was ready, I was healthy – and then show up on my pro day as well, then it was kind of like solidifying, hey, he's good to go. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, it wasn't that even doing that was not enough. But either way, that was my, my thought process. But to make it in and out of the days, for me, it's always been, I'm all, I've always been just that kind of person that is, I mean, I love working out. I love working hard. I love spending time in the gym, growing myself, all that kind of stuff. So when it came back to being in the training room at 5 a.m. every single day on top of being a practice. And all. Like, like it was, it was one of those things like I liked doing it. I liked spending time. Actually, funny thing is I spent time in the training room doing the same exercises even after I was healthy just because it was one of the things like, well, if it helped me get better and get out of where I'm going, then why wouldn't I just continue to do it? Right. Um, and so it was just, for me, it was just, okay, here, here's the time to grind and just love enjoying the process uh, was the key, I think. And that transfers to life too, right? Outside in business as well as, you have to enjoy a lot of times we get so obsessed with the destination mm -hmm. and we don't enjoy and love the process. Um, and the problem is with that, what happens there is we get to the destination and we're not happy one. And then two, if we get to the destination, we won't be able to stay there because we're not continuing to do the things that got us there. Right. Right. And if we fall in love with the process, then we're always going to be able to stay at that level and keep growing yep. um, because we love doing it. Um, not just what it can get us. And so that's kind of, um, I guess, how it transferred or whatnot. But, but yeah, I that's kind of that. the mindset I took on it. Yeah, I love that, man. It's, uh, it's like the, that saying, it's like you can never forget where you came from. Uh, yeah. Same kind of thing. You can't forget how you got there. It's like, uh, that, that's just great. Um, man, my senior year, I kid you not, I think every single week of the first seven weeks of the football season, I had a different injury. I had oh, both my, my ankles down at one point in time, shoulder hamstring um and this is kind of just like a funny side story but man we had this at smu we had this thing called the pit and mm. if you were injured um you would be you would be wearing like a yellow or green jersey and you'd go to the pit and if you were in the pit you were working out hard all practice because they were trying to encourage people to not fake injuries so um, uh, gotcha. you know, you go to the pit and get swole, come back from an injury looking rocked up. So, um, <laughs> you know, I enjoyed my time in the pit, but anyway, um, so yeah, trusting the process, loving the process. I love that. Um, and so that was kind of the, that was kind of, I guess what I would, what I would call the down, but the other part of the question I asked was, you know, what are some of your highest moments? Yeah. Um, definitely some of the highest moments were. Um, obviously, like I said, from the first day one, I was looking at the boards of see what I could do and leave a mark in history on basically proving them right and investing in me. Um, so when I was able to obtain some of those records, it was a good feeling. Obviously, it was like hard work pays off and I got to see it pay off. Right. And it's it's one of those things where um, it was almost solidifying that point that hard work does pay off because there's a lot of things, obviously, a playing receiver and getting kind of growing up and wanting to do that and then having a transition to kicking and punting, I was like, man, like 
all the hard work of training for receiver didn't necessarily pay off like I wanted. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I had to basically transition that into kicking and then actually getting to see all the transitioning pay off um, in the end um, was a cool feeling for sure. Um, as well as getting to all the coaches that basically brought me in um, as well as kind of helped me and nurtured me and helped me grow and continue to get better. I got to basically, well, not necessarily put them on, but we were able to be a good special teams as a, as a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what helped everybody else look better as far as all that kind of stuff. And so that's always, it's always a thing for me. I want to, um, there's a great phrase that the guy I work with here says when um, high in high tides, all boats rise. And so basically what that means is if I can elevate my level of standard, if I can perform well, then everybody else is going to perform well. And also on the back end of that, if one's performing well, one's doing and getting accolades or whatnot, the whole, everybody is as well. Right. And so it's one of those things where if I can raise my standard, if I can perform at a high level, then hopefully, and basically eventually everything else will rise as well. Everybody. Um, Yeah, exactly. 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 Everybody gets to eat. So no, that, that's the, um, it was, it was a great feeling kind of getting to be able to do that. Um, and coming to a close at that, obviously a lot of great friends, a lot of great opportunities, was involved um, in school, which was great. I wish looking back, which I think everybody is, is like, man, I could have been even more involved. I could have done even more mm-hmm. um, when I was in school and taking advantage of certain opportunities, which I, I mentor kids and talk to kids all the time now. And I'm like, man, I was involved, but I w- there was so much more extra time I had that I was like, I didn't realize now being out of school, like how much more I could have actually accomplished. I would have just been like, actually, I have a lot of time, which in the moment feels like, have football all day which right. really you really don't you know what i mean but yeah, at the yeah. same time dude you are spending eight i mean 10 20 i mean you're probably spending 15 hours a day in football but there's oh, still yeah. you know you still got 10 or nine hours i guess 15 um nine hours left in the day but no it was um it was great man there's a lot of great opportunities a lot of great people i've met but um and a lot of learning along the way about just myself obviously and about football and the business, which I learned a lot about the business of football and the NFL, obviously. Um, but yeah. Coming from two dudes who, you know, have been through collegiate athletics, you have so many resources at your fingertips, uh, oh, you know, network to make sure your academics are on point to just to like, to meet people. And, and ultimately, in my opinion, like when you're a student athlete, you are being set up for success. I know for me, there's been so many things I learned as my uh during my time as a student athlete that I have utilized today in my professional career, I'm sure Taylor would say the same. Um yeah. just take take full advantage of all the resources at your fingertips and you will not regret it. Um because like he just said, I mean the <laughs> college football is a full time job and I'm sure any college sport is, but you know, my, my head coach Chad Morris, I think he he told us the amount of hours um that we put into to our sport and it was far more than a full-time job. So you are yeah. being prepared for more than you can even imagine, um, you know, at 17, 18, 19 years old, and you're definitely blessed to be in, in that position. Um, but yeah, Taylor, tell me about that time that you did spend in the NFL. Um, and let's talk a little bit more about like that level. Cause like we were talking about with the, you know, 32 guys, best of the best. If you're the top 40, you're still one of the best in the world, but, but didn't quite make that cut. And it is, it's a business. They got people to pay. They, you know, it it is a business. So let's just talk about um, your experience with professional football. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, one of the things, and it's actually from a business standpoint, which I'll touch on later, I learned a lot just from the aspects of learning and kind of encountering and in and out with relationships with the GMs and things like that, how to operate business, being a business myself now. But from the aspect of being an athlete, it was, I mean, it was a, it was a learning experience, one for me, because um, before it was not necessarily, I, re, I mean, it really came real to me that it was like, oh, there's only one guy on the, like, the roster. Mm-hmm. Like they don't even put a practice squad guy out there or anything like that. And um, some of the times, even if you're the best athlete or you're the, not even the best athlete, like the better performer or the guy, it's still not may work. Like there's finances involved now. There's contracts involved now. There's guaranteed money involved now. There's veteran status involved now. Like there's so many different elements of, of a contract or a team or a player that's different than college, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different things. Timing becomes a huge piece. And guys in my position play 13, 14 years. So timing's a really big piece. And they most likely don't get injured. Right. So it's, it's a little different than others, right? And so it's one of those things where it's, I mean, if you do well, you can stay a long time. If, if you do bad, you'll be fired quick. It's like <laughs> it's one of those, that's just how it is, right? Right. And so it's, um, so that was a learning thing for me. It's like, okay, cool. Like, there, it wasn't similar to college where I could go and kind of like, Hey, I'm going to prove myself. You have, I mean, you have a, a training day obviously, and they bring you in for a day, depending on if you go to the different camps and different teams, which I was with, I think I look uh, 12 to 15 different teams. I can't remember around that uh, number. What? Um, 12 so, to 15? Yeah. 12 to 15, like spent time with different teams a little bit here and there. Wow. Um, whether a couple of day, a couple of week, a month or whatnot. And so you have, sometimes you may have a day, to prove and it's like hey you did great look awesome or whatnot but we've got this guy who we've got to guarantee him two million dollars even if we release him Mm -hmm. and we can afford the cap hit right even though i may be cheaper coming in at league minimum which is i think with five hundred thousand at the time and that's i mean even if that's basically two million you know it's 2.5 million right there just no matter what rather than just bringing me in because they have to pay him so there's other things that even if you could outperform, even if you do better than a veteran, there's other things that are in factor or in play, which right. from being a veteran, if I was on the other side of that, I'd be like, heck yeah, great. I'm locked in this go. Like, you know, <laughs> you pick my spot, right? Which I get it from both sides. But, um, but yeah, for me, the timing of things, the certain teams that I was um, on, um, just things didn't line up, which um, obviously it was a great opportunity. I had certain teams I would love to play longer, obviously. Um, but no, it was, it was, it was awesome. Um, and then kind of alluded to earlier with the business side of things. And I got to learn a lot about how, especially just from players and I'm a big, um, the way I learn is I watch, yeah. I pay attention and then I, and then I imitate. Um, and then once I get to imitate, then I take it to the next level and start being able to create my own way of doing it. And then kind of learning on separating. That's kind of how I try to envision things is like imitate, create, and then separate is how I break it up. Um, it's obviously a phase Ooh. and kind of you work, work. I like right. it. I like it. I <laughs> but, like uh, it. <laughs> appreciate it. But um, once I kind of, you start to watch some of these veterans, man, it's the coolest thing is you're around these guys that are 30, sometimes some of them are 40 years old that have been in the league for you know 10 years, mm-hmm. right? It's, I'm getting to watch them, how they operate, even just from finances, the family to business and be able to perform. And then go off the field and be a normal human being because it's a little bit different when the high pressure and like you can go home tomorrow. We don't care. You can pick up your stuff and leave. Like that's how it is. Right. Um, and so I'll be able to handle certain things. And then you have to manage the community, the fans, all that kind of stuff. 
And um, so I learned a lot about that, obviously, from just the player aspect and being able to be a professional. You learned that that's the difference between college and the pros is learning not just to be an athlete, but to be a professional. Um, And that's everything outside of just being an athlete. It's on top of. Um, And then so that was a great experience just growing, obviously, as a person. But from the business side of things and being around GMs and how they look at certain things and how the numbers line up and all that kind of stuff, as well as how they operated with players in the midst of, hey, we really like you, but we really can't keep you just because the finance department says we can't, you know what I mean? And that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, There's just a lot of things which I could talk about for obviously forever on that kind of stuff. But it's um, it was a good experience for sure, just to say the least, if that answers your question. Yeah, man, that's that's awesome. And it's so true. I mean, once you graduate college, like whatever you're doing, that's your that's your profession. Um, And man, you know, it's funny looking back at college as as an adult. You know, it's like I feel like at every phase of my life, I've looked back on the previous phase and felt like, oh, there's nothing to worry about. And it's like when I, when I got to college, I was thinking about high school. and I was like, man, I, I shouldn't have been stressed out about anything in high school. And then when, I got to, <laughs> right. when I graduated from college now, I'm like, man, there was nothing to stress out about in college. Like, what, what was I stressed out about in college? You know, I had to, you know, obviously I took care of my schoolwork. I maintained GPA and things of that sort, like the, the obvious things. But man, you're a kid. You know, regardless yeah. of if you're 18, 21, like you are a kid. Uh, but once you're a professional, yeah. you got to conduct yourself the right way. Um, and, it, and when you have the spotlight on you, especially like I feel like it takes it to a whole nother level. Um, so yeah, for sure, I can see for sure learning a ton there. Um, and so no, that's that is ahead. one thing I'll, I'll say this real quick because I talk with some kids from the college level that transition out to the business world. Right. Is that's the one thing. Unless, I mean, sports kind of helps prepare you for that, especially if you're in the spotlight, you have to always be on. And that's Mm -hmm. what I learned from even from the professional side of things is like, you're always on. If you have a bad day, film is always rolling. So if you have a bad day in practice, that might be the thing that pushes them over the edge. Hey, like he's had co-pack practices. Let's start bringing somebody else, right? Or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Well, the same thing is that's that's life outside. You get out of college, you get a job, you stop showing up, you stop producing, even in a sales role or whatever it is. I mean, you could be, you could be in and out. Yeah, 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 career's over, right? It's so you got to start over and all that kind of stuff. So it does teach you that. And I think one thing, the reason I brought that up is I'm um, mentoring some kids that get out of, are graduating from college and kind of getting into the real world is, is if they didn't play sports, it's like, hey, like the world is not, I mean, it's, it's cutthroat, right? And not to sound scary, right? Not to mm-hmm. be like, hey, it's going to suck, but to be, to be real and be honest. And that would t- that's what football and the professional level taught me a lot is, hey, like we're just, not that we don't like you, not that we don't care about you, not that we, we don't want the best for you and we do, but sometimes even if, if we wanted to keep you, our finance team or whatever, things that are uncontrolled by you, this has to happen and this is just what it is. Mm-hmm. And being on how, how to basically readapt. I mean, like I said, I was with 12, I don't know what it was, 12 to 15 or so teams. Well, that's, I mean, being no, being told no 15 times. Right on on your dream is and the first time was obviously harder than the than, than all the others because <laughs> you're like my gosh what right like, even if they're like you did really well like we want to see you we'll bring you back and that kind of thing and which that's what ended up happening for most of these teams they brought me back and that kind of stuff but because the timing wasn't right we'll see we'll readdress you put you on a short list is what they call it and um but yeah it's tough but that's that's life right yeah. um being being able to go from no to no like winston churchill says be able to go to no for no without losing enthusiasm. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's actually it's funny. I've never thought about that. 
Um, but, it, but it's so true that you have to show up every day outside of athletics too um, and be, be at your best every day. So that's good stuff. So now, you know, being on the topic of business and, and things of that nature, what are you doing now? I know, you know, you do have kind of like a primary gig, but I see you doing a ton of other stuff um, just based on your social media. So let's talk a little bit about what you got going on now. Yeah, man. Um, right now I have, which I'm in the office of right now, if you guys see the video or whatnot, but I'm in the, uh, I'm in the insurance. So I have an insurance agency out here in the McKinney area, partnered up with a great friend of mine. Um, so we have one out here that we run. And so I'm in that for far as business goes. It's been, it's been in it for, I guess, a couple, year and a half or so in this agency, we bought a book of business. Um, and so it's, it's been great kind of getting that up and running, which one of my goals, obviously too, outside of football was always to own my own business, operating that actually own multiple businesses and straight, create streams of income and whatnot. And, um, which I kind of talked to with you before, beforehand mm -hmm. about a little bit of that, but so it's just kind of getting into it and basically from having the agency and getting to learn from building the business from ground up, um, as a skill set that I want so I can multiply that into other businesses. Right. And so it's been, it's been good um, with that, all that kind of stuff. And then as well as, like I mentioned a couple of times, the mentoring kids, the mentorship program and things like that, whether it's online, kind of like FaceTime um, of anything of that nature, one-on-one -on -one or groups or going in and speaking in schools. Uh, one of my goals is to, obviously, once all this COVID stuff gets back to normal, I guess, um, or COVID not be back to normal, but schools back to normal with um, everybody being back in school, being able to speak at schools more and kind of creating a side um, not only just income there, but being able to give back to mm -hmm. a lot of those, the kids and things that industry. Cause I've learned a lot. I've had a lot of great people in my life. Um, and as a kid, I wish someone would have really just kind of told me the truth, not what I wanted to hear as mm -hmm. well as kind of taking the time to even have it on a personal level, um, and really stretch me, grow me, give me tools or whatnot that I was seeking, um, that I didn't know, right. I didn't know how to ask. I didn't know how to surround myself with certain people that I wanted to be around. Um, and I always wanted to be successful as a kid, whether whatever it was, mm -hmm. but I wasn't always in certain circles that, I, that allowed me to do that. So I was always looking. Um, and so basically being able now in certain areas, be able to provide that for things of that nature. Um, and then kind of the social media aspects and do a lot of stuff, obviously before I get to social media, a lot of stuff in the community, which I love to do, um, giving back, whether it's, I mean, tons of anything right now. Yeah, you got Another something moment. going on right now, right? For uh, giving yeah. back to the community? Yeah, I um, have my own foundation here in McKinney um, that I kind of go through some of the schools a little bit and some of the, in McKinney itself, um, helping basically families in need during this time. And I've created a shirt that um, basically it's a training shirt or whatnot that I have with some of my kids. And I was like, hey, well, I'm going to start selling these and give 100% of the proceeds to, to charity because um, obviously everybody's stuck at home. They're not going to gyms. They need to work out. And so right. like, well, what? everybody needs a shirt to work out in <laughs> and family need, families need help. Well, there's, there's two things right there. It's great. There I have go. a connection who can make the shirt. So let's do it. So, um, stuff like that. I, I love doing, um, it, it just, it lights me up to be able to help somebody like that. And so that's kind of what I'm doing from um, that point of view. Um, obviously once everything starts opening up, I'll be able to be more hands-on, which would be great. Um, but yeah, so that, and then social media, if you follow me on social media, you'll probably see some of the videos, um, whether it's inspiration or keys to success or different little things here and there. I try to um, make time for that. I don't always, um, I probably should make a little bit more time. I get busy with work, obviously, but 
Um, would love to make that something completely where I could do it more consistently. Mm-hmm. But I need to get a fil- honestly, I just need to get a film guy to to come up here would be the next step. Right, man. I'm telling you though. I mean, social media, anything on social media is really almost a full time job in itself. I mean, I have a buddy who is a, uh, you know. I don't know if you want to call him a public figure or a comedian, but he's on Instagram and he's got, that's his, that's his job. And it is a full time job. So, I mean, to, to be able to balance that with, you know, your primary work and in the insurance field while also mentoring, giving back, I mean, you got a full plate, which I love. And I, I can't remember if we talked about this on the phone, but it's like certain, certain people, just have an itch to like always have something going, like always have another thing going on. Um, and it's great that you've found ways to give back, um, in order to like scratch that itch that you have. I mean, that's really, really cool. Um, yeah, man. One of the things too, the reason it kind of is for me and it's obviously it's probably very similar for a lot of other people, but like my goal is at the end of my, I mean, I don't want to get too futuristic or too legacy driven, but like, legacy is a huge thing for me and at the end of my life I want to look back and be like I don't want to have some gas left in the tank yeah meaning I don't I don't want to have like man I could have done or I don't want any what ifs I don't want any like if I would have tried this I would have gone for this I would have gave more basically at the end of my life I gave everything I had to to this or trying to do everything I could and I basically achieved my potential essentially like if I were to um I think his name's that's a great example is Ed Milet um, I yeah. think is his name. Yeah. He has a great example of how basically you have your potential self and your actual self. And at the end of my life, I want them to be, I want them to know each other and right? yeah. I want them to be able to know exactly, you know, look mirror to mirror um, of what they, they know like exactly. And then not be like, I don't want that person of my potential self to seem foreign to who I really am. Um, Cause that'd be, that would make me upset. That'd make me pissed off. Yeah. Like, at least all this time I couldn't, I didn't achieve. I didn't actually, grow um and and i look at that person like this is what i could have done what in the world was i doing right and i don't want that to happen so it kind of drives me i guess every day to kind of capitalize and make the most of it dude you're spitting you're spitting out some pearls dude like (laughs) you're you're spitting out some serious heat i'm loving it um that's awesome so where so where can the audience um get access to some of the things you're doing what like drop your social media handle i think it'd be great um, for people yeah. to see some of the motivational stuff, mentorship po- uh, stuff that you're posting on social media. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's just at TSIM. So it's at T-S-Y-M-M, um, where you can probably just type my name and Taylor Simank on um, Facebook and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, and then from from there, from my LinkedIn, there's there's a link. It's basically a link tree with all the other stuff that's going on as well. It makes it easy for everybody. Um, and that's on all my Twitter. Twitter's at T-Simank. So just basically after the two M's, A-N-K, which is my last name. Um, and so as you can find me on social media. Awesome. Well, man, I mean, do you, do you have anything else you want to bless the audience with before we wrap it up? <laughs> I guess let me ask you this, cause it'll probably determine how, what I say is what's the main, um, and I think, I think we talked about this, but I may have forgotten. What's like the main age or main type of audience that this is the main audience right now is 23 to 27 followed by 28 to 34. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, um, I would say one, once basically that's the age you get out of college and everything's starting fresh, you're starting over, um, is really to be patient. Um, it's the worst thing ever, uh, especially for, for me. I, I hate 
I hate being patient, uh, especially <laughs> in this day in this day in life too. Like you have everything's at fingertips, right? Um, but being patient, what I mean by that is not necessarily being patient to where you're just sitting around waiting, but it's active patience, um, meaning you're doing everything you possibly can with the understanding that it's going to take time. Um, because if it's patience to the point where you're not acting, it's laziness, right? It turns into that. Um, so it's just, and basically I would call it active patience um, and trusting the process, right? It's the same thing we grow up. If you've been in sports, it's like hard work pays off. You get taught that growing up. It's the same thing in life. Um, obviously, it's got to balance a lot more things, which is kind of a skill we all kind of naturally have to develop just time management. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's one thing I would say is trust the process. Um, don't give up too soon. Right. And stick to, I would say, basically the caveat or the characteristics to kind of develop is discipline. Um, discipline is what equals freedom. Um, and that's as kind of cliche as that may sound. It's really true. Um, obviously, from a lot of different things in my life, I kind of talked about from being able to, I guess, a perfect, a perfect story based upon my, my previous of me learning how to punt in those basically three months of how I was able to do that. Um, and then basically going from, which is crazy thing about looking back now, like, I started punting five years before I got into the NFL. Like, it's just the weirdest thing to think, right? <laughs> you know, and, uh, but it's that those three months, it was every single day spending an, an hour a day focusing on that craft. Um, and it was just, I couldn't tell. I, I wasn't very good at the beginning, but as, you know, month three happened, I mean, I'm putting in, you know, how many hours? I don't know how many that would be. Um, that's a lot of hours in a short period of time. And so, but if I were to get frustrated and get discouraged based upon those, that first week and be like, I still suck. Like it would, I would never be able to have or tell the story I just did, right? Or what I've been able to do. So it's just basically trusting. Um, once you find like what you have to do or know what to do, trust it and keep going until you reach it. Um, and then don't lower your standard, right? Whatever your standard is, don't lower it. Keep it there. Just find better ways to get there or find people to help you get there. Um, and if you don't have anybody, reach out to my man I'm talking to on the podcast right now. He's a very yes. smart dude too. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Just find people around um, for sure that and voices, whether maybe because everybody's not a mentor. I'll try to keep this brief. I know I could talk about this for a little bit, but oh, go on. Um, everybody's not a mentor personally, but find things like podcasts, find things like videos, find things like even books. If you like to even read or try to force yourself to read. I didn't read at all. Once I graduated college, Man, I, never, I probably read two books in my life up until <laughs> I graduated college. And in the past, what is it? Two and a half years. I've read over 50. Like, it's just because I was like, hey, I've got to find a way of how these people are doing things. And I was like, readers are leaders. I kept hearing this multiple times from all these different people. And I was like, oh, well, I got to figure out how to read. I suck at reading. I got to figure it out. And I started to surround myself with videos, podcasts, all that kind of stuff. And then you start to, you know, start to rewire how you think. And that's kind of what happens. And that's going back to discipline, right? It's not, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to figure it all out overnight. Unfortunately, I wish I could. but you do it consistently you start to adapt you start to learn um and grow but yeah just surround yourself with the right people stick to the disciplines and uh, basically don't give up on your dream absolutely man that's uh that's on the money well man this this has been great taylor i really appreciate you coming on man that was uh that was awesome um i'm happy to know you um to the audience Appreciate you guys tuning in once again to the Walk On Mentality Podcast. As always, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at the Walk On Mentality Podcast. You can follow me at J Mitch Doe, Taylor at T. T Sim. 
T-S-Y-M-M, T-S-Y-M-M, or just look up Taylor Shemek, you'll find him. Uh, as always, appreciate you guys tuning in, and we will see you guys on the next episode.